step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. As 
the theme song of Crime Time states very well in the very beginning, three words says it all, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. So how about that? And speaking of Brooklyn, let's get right to some we'll, we'll get to we'll get to uh real real quick comments about NXT takeover Brooklyn here. Uh we'll talk about right in the, we'll talk about that in a moment. Got a bunch of trivia as always. And flavor of the week is last week we talked about the Intercontinental title changes this at SummerSlam. This week we'll talk about the WWE Tag Team Championship changes. And, of course, we have, again, loads and loads of trivia. But before we get to that, again, this is the last time we'll be talking about Tough Enough. And two winners that was unveiled tonight. Josh and Sarah Lee. How about that? I, uh, you know, like I told you, I wanted ZZ to win, uh, but Josh won, and he won overwhelmingly. And I think that uh, towards the latter parts of the eight weeks, uh, it the crowd he he won the crowd over uh, just with his uh, fitness story and the Yeti call and. Uh, the size and the determination and intensity. Josh won the crowd over, and the crowd voted for Josh to be the contract winner. Uh, I had my reasons because of ZZ, and I still stand by them because I don't see ZZ being in the WWE, although I was very impressed on uh, his showing. Again, you know, uh, I, I will have to give Miz credit. He did reason very well that it's both is both of their very first matches ever and it was against one of the best in the world in Cesaro and I liked both of their matches against Cesaro I just uh it was something about ZZ to had that you know uh kind of had that brawny you know brawly feel to him you know and it was uh it was good I, I liked the, the the Yeti symbol you know that's a, that's a good way to set your move up. So he had that Yeti symbol, and and then the crowd was behind him. And of course, uh, Sarah Lee. You know, I it, there was no doubt that she was not going to win. To me, uh, she's been the, the the fans have been behind Sarah Lee since pretty much day one. And Amanda just didn't have she she just wasn't tough enough, <laughs> and that's basically what it's about. She basically was not tough enough, and her gimmick, you know, wasn't good enough to win the fans over because it wasn't necessarily relatable as as far as what that fan wants, and it was a bit cheap to me. So, you know, hopefully she repackages herself and kind of finds her niche, Um, and Sarah Lee kind of has that everyday girl type of feel to her where people can relate to. And I was very happy that she won. And I, I you know, I want it's easy to win, but Josh is a, <laughs> you know, Josh is a great alternate. I think that Josh would do very well. So definitely happy with the choices. And uh, tough enough uh, is is uh, that is the the end. No, tough enough, but the beginning of their careers, Derek. Uh, it is, and like the 
one, I believe. And, you know, that you'll never see easy again. Maybe they'll bring in the feud with um, Josh if he, you know, makes it to a certain level or whatever. Who knows? But the right people did win tonight. And, yeah, Mandel was just too high school cheerleader snotty acting. And uh, not that she was bad to look at. But however, uh, fair as, yeah, they chose the right one, and she just stopped smiling, whatever her problem was. Then it was to go. I'm surprised she didn't flip out when he found out she won. But the right people won. Like I said, another one is a book. So, you know, there's been some successful, tough enough people. Um, and there's been some that you know, kind of stunk up the joint, just never went anywhere. So, been with the tough talk for a while, and that's my thoughts. Absolutely. The Speaking of stunk up the place, uh, where in the world is silent rage these days? I'm going to see if... Uh, <laughs> Maybe I can find him and bring him on the show for an interview. Speaking, speaking of interviews, mark your calendars. September 1st, next Tuesday, and September 15th are the next two interviews. Um, just be here. I'm not going to tell you who they are. Just be here. I'll give you hints for one of them. Uh, I'll give you a hint for both of them. Uh, next week is a former WCW and TNA announcer, and on the 15th is a former AWA Tag Team Champion. Again, next week, former uh, WCW and TNA announcer, and uh, the 15th, a former AWA Tag Team Champion. So there's your hints, and they're going to be very, very fun to listen to and very, very fun to conduct. And both of them have, you know, one of them have twenty over twenty five years of experience. One have over forty years of experience, just about. So, uh, I'm really really excited. A legend, uh, a legend, uh, coming up on the fifteenth, and I'm really really excited to interview and talk to him on the phone today. Actually, so it's going to be pretty fun, and I'm re- he's really excited. I'm really excited as well. So we're going to have some fun on the Pancakes and Power shows, uh, Power Slam show, as we do. Every single week. First trivia question. Who are the two people Bret Hart wrestled at SummerSlam 93? Again, this is this is totally, um, totally SummerSlam trivia tonight. Totally SummerSlam. So I hope you got, hope you got your SummerSlam uh, thinking caps on. Totally SummerSlam trivia tonight. Who are the two people Bret Hart wrestled at SummerSlam 93? And we also got another uh, interview after the 15th. We got another interview, another interview coming up as well. Uh, and uh, he, another former AWA Tag Team Champion, and very, very legendary name. So I'm really, really excited about the uh, next three interviews coming up that are locked and loaded the Pancakes and Power Slams interview series. We've interviewed a lot of people this this year, Derek. We've we had a lot of fun interviewing people this year. We've had spectacular interviews, and it's the quality of people that we're bringing in. That just you know, we've got some veterans that are coming in talking to us. We got some current. We've got some that were current, but you know, kind of trying to find their way to their next spot. So I mean, we've got a realm of just a wealth of knowledge from these uh, performers and. It just blows my mind thinking episodes one through, you know, whenever we started, just 
you know, we've come a long way, and a lot of people have come along with us. we got faith in us. This is the Pancakes and Power Slam, and this is what it is. And people are starting to realize that, or at least they've been realizing it for so long now. It's, just, it's, it's great. It's phenomenal. And we've talked to some really, really awesome people in the wrestling world. And just, just it's getting better and better. And the people that are going to be on here shortly in the next few weeks, I'm totally stoked about it. Absolutely can't believe it. And, you know, it just keeps getting better and better, ladies and gentlemen. We got Absolutely. Absolutely. And we've also got, uh, I've been talking to some people as well. Um, very interesting. I'll get to you. I'll, I'll when we get to this person, I, I'll let you know that I talked to them on the phone a few weeks ago, and it was really interesting. I couldn't, uh, we couldn't lock in an interview, but he's definitely, he definitely wanted an interview. But his his, his time, uh, he was very interested. We actually ended up talking on the phone a little bit um, while we were on the phone. He's a great guy, uh, and we talked on the phone. Uh, we're going to get an interview locked in, and then. Voila. So, you know, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, so it was really interesting. Uh, speaking of people who are talking on the phone, who, uh, as far as interviews are concerned, I talked to Booker T a few weeks ago, too. Uh, we talked for a little bit, and uh, he was talking about his schedule and, and things like that. And it was he was great. We talked on the phone a little bit, and um, he's, a, he's a good guy as well to talk to and to, you know, be encouraged for, you know, be, be encouraged from. So the Booker Man. Uh, talking on the phone with him was uh, was a good experience as well. Ladies and gentlemen, Doink and Lawler is the correct answer. Uh, great job. Next question, who defeated Virgil at SummerSlam 92? Who defeated Virgil at SummerSlam 92? All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's start off with... Uh, just our thoughts on NXT Brooklyn takeover. Now, I might uh, I might slightly turn heel here. It's like the Undertaker heel. It's like you know one of those things that I'm giving a couple low blows, but people but people still cheer me. <laughs> one of those heel turns. Um, I uh, it's it's one of those it's one of those things that nails is is the correct answer. Great job. It's one of those things that I understand that NXT is Triple H's baby. I, I, I respect the heck out of that. I get it. I appreciate what he's done with NXT. But one of the things, when NXT had that indie feel, the ECW, ROH type of indie feel that they had that was causing people, that, that drew people to the product, that they were a total distinction from the WWE product that we saw. That's what gained the notoriety and the respect and the admiration and the fan base for NXT. Now, when they start traveling, it was still in smaller venues. Uh, when they came to Ohio, you know, every time they came to Ohio, I, I, I went. Uh, and so I was excited about, the, you know, the, the, the smaller venue compared to a, you know, 10-plus thousand venue hosted by Raw every week. But the problem that I'm having with NXT is that the WWE product is starting to smear itself a little bit too much on NXT. Not from a uh, uber entertainment, a bunch of fluff type of way, but 
I think, you know, I, I remind, I was talking to a, a friend of mine, I was talking to a, a colleague this weekend about um, the way that I feel about what they're doing with NXT. I remember when they kind of brought ECW in and they were bringing people in that were ECW originals and then they were having, you know, some new names like, you know, DJ Gabriel and uh, <laughs> the... The, the better the better names, which was uh, of course they brought in Kofi Kingston. He debuted in uh, ECW. CM Punk debuted in ECW. Um, of course, you had J- uh, J- Jack Swagger debuting in ECW. Sheamus debuting in ECW. Bringing back Christian, Matt Hardy, Ezekiel Jackson. All uh, William Regal was uh, he was really over in ECW. Shelton Benjamin was really over in ECW. Mark Henry, and it's like. It was it was a good pro it was a decent product it wasn't ECW at all but it wasn't a bad product to see and it was good that people like Chavo Guerrero could call himself a world champion because he certainly would have been wouldn't have been world heavyweight champion or WWE champion but he's a quote unquote world champion per se in ECW because he's a he's a very solid worker and although he wouldn't have like I said he wouldn't have achieved world championship status on the main roster. Or on the WWE side of the roster, he was a main guy. He was a world champion, so to speak, of ECW. So I respected that. Same thing with Matt Hardy. He was a world champion in ECW. You know, he wouldn't have been world champion in WWE. I respected that. But, of course, we were kidding. We were continuing to get diluted product every single week that was so far away from the roots and the organic feel of ECW that it was even tough to put that brand name on it. Not necessarily the 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 the, the action and the in reaction. It was very good actually because when they started to have feuds between like Kurt Angle and Randy Orton, uh, when Randy Orton was still on the WWE side and Kurt Angle, you know, got drafted to ECW, uh, it, it was it was fun to see that it was different. But it still wasn't. It still wasn't the same feel as ECW, as the bingo halls and the gymnasiums, that type of organic feel. And I and I have that same critique with NXT. You know, you have the full cell crowd, four hundred people. You know, in a uh, in an auditorium, and it, it has that organic feel. They can get loud. They can get ruckus. You know, and it still has that type of feel to it. But when I saw on NXT Brooklyn TakeOver, it didn't have that same it, – it, it was a diluted it – was, it was good wrestling. I, I was expecting that. But it was, a, it was a diluted form of this different, distinct – NXT brand that we've been seeing over the past few years that's really matured and 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 gained its own identity but if you're starting but if you keep if you continue to have it the day before pay-per-views it's basically you know a pre-show of a pay-per-view and it becomes more and more and more diluted if they have stuff like like if they have the NXT takeover Brook like like they did in Brooklyn it has to be like a once or twice a year thing. It cannot be 
every like the usually their takeovers are usually every two to three months. They can't have those type of big crowds like that because it really takes away the texture of NXT of what we're so used to seeing with NXT. And you certainly don't want to have them as a pre-show before a big pay-per-view. And I just wasn't a fan of that. I mean, it was it was good. To, it was a great experience. You know, it was great to see the whole Triple H. You know, the, the the thing that he did in the beginning with the spotlights and the, the the camera shot. You know, going around and you know the the Brooklyn crowd cheering. It was cool to see. It was good to experience. But it just wasn't the same NXT that I've grown to love over the years with that indie, unique feel that's totally different from WWE products. If you keep smearing WWE on NXT, NXT will just become WWE light. And we don't want that. We want NXT to be NXT and not, you know, just an, an extension of WWE. So it's they've grown so much to, to gain... Uh, independence, so to speak, with their brand, because we, we've known that NXT was more like a developmental territory for people to get call, uh, called up, but as the as the product matured, it's really became its independent, separate, distinct entity, which is fantastic, and we want it to stay that way. We don't want it to become some type of glorified developmental show um, that that <laughs> that, that uh, eventually will just become diluted even more and more and more. So, but on the, on the flip side of that, it was great to see uh, Liger. I've been a Liger mark since I was a kid, so it was great to see Liger on WWE. You know, it's funny how WWE programming is. It's like, whoa, Liger is going to be on WWE, and it's been a while since he's been on you know TV and this and this and that. And I'm like, okay, well, I just saw him go against you know. Um, uh, Dalton Castle, you know, a few weeks ago, and and Jay Lethal a little before that. So it was it wasn't a surprise to see Liger on TV because I watch ROH every week, but it was good to see Liger in a WWE ring, so to speak. And I was surprised that he went over Breeze too. So it was great to see. And then Balor and and, and Owens it kind of kind of let me down a little bit. The match wasn't horrible, but it kind of let me down a little bit. Uh, Cruz, it seemed Apollo Cruz. It seemed like his, it seemed like his move set has been diluted because I, you know, I followed him when he was Uha Nation. I watched many ta- uh, many videos of him, him and his matches, many many videos, and I'm used to his move set. And it seemed like he got diluted uh, when he wrestled Ty Dillinger. So I was a bit let down for that for that too. And of course, I certainly wasn't let down at all with Bailey and Sasha Banks. I think that was definitely one of the matches of the year. It was fantastic. I'm, I'm a big Bailey fan. Uh, she's my favorite diva in NXT, anyway. So I was big. I was very happy that she won. Uh, but overall, you know, it was a good experience. But I really hope we don't get a lot of, you know, NXT and big crowds because you have because eventually you start getting casuals. And NXT, NXT is not and should not be for casuals. NXT is for diehard fans. And eventually, if you start bringing the casuals into NXT, it dilutes the authenticity of the product of what we should see. 
because casual should be for you know WWE programming and to come you know to WWE events, but it, it should be like I said, it should be a distinct brand for the WWE. And if I hope that we don't gradually get the same type of mirroring brands with WWE NXT. Yeah, I'm totally for that and with that. However, I mean, if they can bring in a big NXT, they're going to they're going to do it as much as they can. I mean, it's the stockholders and WWE is a public company, so they're going to do everything they can to rake in all the money they can get. And I understand that. I do. I love the the romantic setting, but just the setting that they have with the the bingo halls and things like that, where everyone's just jam packed in together and standing and shouting. And that's just part of the past now, unfortunately, and that stinks. Because I do like the NXT to where it was just, you know, it's like a hometown crowd or just diehard fans would just pack the small arena and just, uh, and just let it have fun and, be, and go with it. Like the early Rawls were that way. They were just in like a, a Manhattan Center or something like that. And it was just a small, very intimate crowd that just really went nuts for it. So, right. But again, with the stockholders and them being public now, as much money as they can get, it's almost like politicians. They'll do whatever it is to get money. If they can pack in a huge, giant arena crowd for NXT, they're going to do it as many times as they can and do what they just go from there. Yeah, the small crowd in the past, and that sucks because I like that. Absolutely, absolutely. Nails is the correct answer. Great job. Who was the special? We were just going to fire. Uh, SummerSlam questions tonight. We're going to continue to have some SummerSlam fun. Um, who was the special guest referee of the Bret Hart versus Undertaker match at SummerSlam 1997? Who was the special guest referee of the Bret Hart versus Undertaker match at SummerSlam? 97. Speaking of slumber, SummerSlam, ladies and gentlemen, or as my boy Jeremy Piven would say, Summerfest. Summer, Summerfest. Oh, man. Um, Summerfest. I was so let down by SummerSlam. Uh, and I'm like, there was, Brooklyn, it, it, it Raw and SummerSlam was almost night and day. And we'll get to Raw here in a minute as far as my take on Sting coming back. But it was so much left to be desired at SummerSlam. It's your second biggest pay-per-view of the year. It's quote-unquote four hours, although it ended at 10.42. It wasn't four hours. But it's quote-unquote four hours. And... Uh, so many letdowns that uh, we saw on SummerSlam as a whole that really so much to be desired. And, and I, I just despise that. I was sharing this weekend, the, there's only four. There's, there's the big four pay-per-views since the 80s. Since the 80s, Mania, Mania was, you know, that debuted in, uh, what, 85? 85 was Mania, and 88 was uh, SummerSlam uh, and, and the Royal Rumble. 89 was Survivor Series. So those are the big four pay-per-views for the past, you know, 
over 25 years. Each of those big four pay-per-views should be a culmination of angles. It should not just continue angles that have been going on. Now, you're throwing stuff together, and you're expecting SummerSlam to be an extension or to let leave more in the angle. No. I, I guess it's my traditionalist 80s wrestling you know, mind, but you should not have double countouts and disqualifications and, you know, no contests at big four pay-per-views ever. You should not do that. You should not. You should not. You should not do that. You have 12 months. Out of 12 months, you have four pay-per-views to culminate feuds and hit the reset button and start more feuds. Why in the world would you use one of your big four pay-per-views to prove that you just threw together whatever feud it is for two or three weeks, you're using a big four pay-per-view to just kind of brush it off and continue it to another month. I, I get the fact that they're trying to get, you know, it's a, it's, it's a different ball game now. You're trying to get subscriptions with, uh, with, with uh, the WWE Network. Night of Champions is not a major pay-per-view, so they're trying to make something big. But you, you just you have to culminate feuds. You have four big pay-per-views to culminate feuds, and from Royal Rumble to WrestleMania, you know, right there you've got what two and a half months. From WrestleMania to SummerSlam, you have four and a half months. From SummerSlam to Survivor Series, you have three months. And so from Survivor Series to Royal Rumble, you have two months. So it's you have enough time, you know, to culminate feuds. You know, and, and, and Royal Rumble is basically the reset button. You got people, you know, going in, you got 30, 30 of your roster basically hitting the reset button and starting the year over as far as the road to WrestleMania is concerned. So why would you have double count-out finishes and disqualifications and no contests at big pay-per-views? It makes absolutely no sense to me from a booking standpoint and it and it feels rushed, it feels contrived, and it I, I just don't like the fact that they are using big pay big pay per views, major pay per views, to kind of brush off an angle and extend it till the next month at a minor pay per view. It just makes it's hard for me to fathom. I totally agree. I didn't like SummerSlam as well. I mean, it was okay, but. But the other pay-per-views that came before, the smaller ones, have been so much better. And it should be a feud ending. It was just treated like another pay-per-view. They put four hours into it, and they made good use of the whole four hours, but there wasn't a whole lot of filler or legitimate matches, but the endings were just totally... Why? Why are they doing this? I mean, it's, you know, nothing really came out. I didn't get anything from SummerSlam. It was one of those, it was stalemate, and it's they just really drop the ball on this one. And usually SummerSlam's a good pay-per-view. But this year, I mean, they just, especially with the extra uh, 45 minutes that they had, just didn't didn't deliver at all. And it just kept you, okay, well, I'm looking forward to Monday Night Raw because I know things are going to go down on that show. Absolutely. <laughs> it just 
Ugh, I don't understand it. Uh, uh, definitely, excuse me, I think I said 89. SummerSlam, uh, Survivor Series, certainly 87. Uh, SummerSlam, 89. Royal Rumble, 89. Survivor Series, 87. Mania, 85. And the correct answer is HB Shizzle. <laughs> he was the special guest referee for the Bretton Undertaker match at SummerSlam, 97. All right, let's get to Sheamus versus Orton. And, you know, this match, first of all, it, it has been a boring feud. And they really didn't have any rhyme or reason to have another match at SummerSlam. Sheamus beat Orton. And for some reason, they are deciding to have it again at SummerSlam. It just made absolutely no sense to me. It was a throwaway match. That both, I mean, like I said before, they're solid workers, but this was this was such a throwaway match. And this is a throwaway feud. At least they could have had the case on the line. It was just a regular match to open the pay-per-view, and I was not enthused whatsoever. Sheamus takes the win. I, I had Sheamus winning just because Orton won last month. I certainly don't hope they have like some type of third match, although I got a feeling based on what I just said, I, I have a feeling that they will have a third match and not of champions, but I really, really hope they don't plug it as some crappy grudge match. At least put a stipulation on the line by having the case, you know, the, the case on the line, or something. I mean, give me something out of this feud. I'm so bored with this feud of Sheamus and Orton that I really don't want to see it at all again. I mean, first of all, we've already seen Sheamus and Orton multiple times before, and I wasn't excited to see it again. I mean, they're both solid workers, but a Sheamus versus Orton feud doesn't draw any type of excitement to me. And it's showing. I mean, there's a solid match. You know, the slingshot the, to the, you know, the RKO was a good spot. But, th I mean, you could have uh, you, you could have spared this match and just put it on Raw. That, that's how much I felt about this match. It was so just wasteful, and it didn't mean anything to me. Yeah, it didn't. They're both boring. You don't. I mean, individually on their own, they can do okay, but together, the feud again. They're going to have a third match. And uh, I always like the stipulation of, uh, let's put the briefcase up for it, because you don't see that hardly ever, if you've ever seen it. Which I don't have the encyclopedia knowledge that you do on some of these things, but that would be a great stipulation. It would make me interested, because so that kind of changes everything. If Orton takes a briefcase from Sheamus, then, I mean, that destroys a whole new storyline itself. So that would make it the least bit interesting from what it really is, is just another throwaway match. If it was on Monday Night Raw, it would be a decent closer. But, you know, again, you know, we've seen it so many times. It's you know a constant, you know, who's, who do we want to put together? How about these two? Absolutely. Who did, who did DX defeat at SummerSlam 2006? Who did DX defeat at SummerSlam 2006? New Day Rocks Tag Team Champs. This is actually probably my favorite part 
yes, this was definitely my favorite part, just thinking it over. This is my favorite part of SummerSlam. The second match was my favorite part of SummerSlam. New Day defeats primetime players, Los Matadores, Lucha Dragons. Uh, and this was this was definitely the right thing to do. I mean, the New Day is certainly the best tag team uh, in the WWE on the main roster, and just they they continue to mature week after week with their with their gimmick, and I absolutely love it. You know, I get special props by people saying that I've been a New Day New Day fan since day one, and, and hey. Subscribe to iTunes. You can listen to it. Uh, older shows, you'll see that I've been a New Day fan. You can follow Twitter at Crave Wrestling as well to see uh, to go to links for old Pancakes and Power Sims episodes. You'll see that I've been a new and Derek can attest to this. I have been a New Day fan ever since their cheesy babyface gimmick. I said I don't. I don't care. Uh, I've been a Big E fan since day one. He's one of my favorites. I'm going to hold on to it. You know, this is Kofi's finally getting a. I have a sympathy vote. You know, Kofi gets my sympathy vote because he was just up and down and up and down and fluctuating and just so much and just a labyrinth of mid card for so long that he's, you know, finally getting some type of something. And in Xavier Woods, he's always been you know, a, a very solid worker. So I was okay with the stable, you know, the cheesiness of the baby face. I was, I was cheesy with them. I was playing right into it. And people was like, man, this is trash. They're going to end. This is going to be crap. And they're, they're going to expire quick. I said, Oh no, I'm, I'm holding on. I'm holding on to the new day. And, you know, months later, they're two time champs. You know, or at least, you know, don't you dare be sour. Clap for your two-time tag champs and feel the power, Derek. Yeah, yeah, I know, Chris. I feel the power, but I really do. Now, you have forever, and I didn't like them at first, and now I honestly see it. And really, the primetime players are the only ones that they could really feud with other than what we saw last night, which is just absolutely spectacular, I think. So, you know, the right team won, but the uh, primetime players, yeah, keep them fresh and keep them in the hunt for the belt because, I mean, they're just – they're an awesome team as well. Uh, hats off the new day. I'm glad they won that one. And, uh, again, with what transpired last night, the you know, tag team division really just get the, the shot in the arm that it needs. So uh, I was excited with the new day winning and just, you know, the tag team division itself right now. Kind of looking up. Speaking of what I was saying, and I was definitely not happy with uh, what happened. I'm seeing a lot of Spirit Squad answers. That is actually not the correct answer. Spirit Squad is not the correct answer for 2006. All right, so speaking of double countouts, we're talking about Ziggler and Rusev, double countout. So that means that we're going to see more of Ziggler versus Rusev. Why in the world does anybody want to see more of Ziggler versus Rusev? This is probably one of the most boringest feuds other than Sheamus and Orton. Now, I can respect the fact that Rusev is getting more layers on his character. I, I Actually, to be honest with you, 
I've said this before. I think Rusev is actually growing and maturing in his character. And I like Rusev's character. I just think that Summer Rae's involvement, and she's always just to and fro trying to find, you know, an angle to be relevant at. And then Lana with Ziggler just is it's, it's pointless. I mean, you could you could take it or leave it, and I prefer to leave it. And so it just seems like this is setting up for a mixed tag match and not of champions. Why? You know, why and why force us to indulge a potential mixed tag match at Night of Champions? You you it's Night of Champions. So every match, you know, every match every title is going to be on the line and that doesn't necessarily mean that every match is for a title as we've seen before with Triple H and CM Punk. But every title is going to be on the line. So there's there's enough titles to go around as far as uh matches but oh man I we were really going to be forced to 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 watch a mixed tag match at Night of Champions. It's, first of all it's Night of Champions so it doesn't make sense to have a mixed tag match based on a forgettable feud. And then, you know, the only thing, the only way this would make sense to me would be if Lana turned. It would be the only, it would make only, first of all, I don't want to see Lana and Ziggler together. I just, it's just a waste. It's it's ridiculous. I don't want to see a Lana, a Ziggler, you know, connection in the, prog- in the proceeding, succeeding in the following months. I, I just don't want to see it. It has no payoff to it it means it makes absolutely no sense it's not getting Ziggler over it's not making him more over at all it may be giving Lana more exposure but it's not really making her more over I mean she's over with the fans but she was way over as a ravishing Russian and she did that very well now she's just trying to Americanize you know it just doesn't make sense like first of all, we we should stop calling her Lana. Like she's CJ now. She's American. She's 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 CJ. Her you know her real the name she goes by, and you might as well say Dolph Ziggler and CJ because Lana has been booked to basically be Americanized. I'm not interested, and a mixed tag team match at None of Champions would just do absolutely nothing for me. I wouldn't do anything for anybody. The thing is, is we even talked about this last week when we were going to predictions. That you know, what's this match really about? And yeah, the two great opponents, but I mean, it's just a stalemate as far as this whole bringing the Summer Rae in, and I'm just it's boring and it's over with. And it's the problem with SummerSlam. It just, especially this feud, let it die, get it over with. Let these guys go on to something else and. They're great opponents, but again, it's, we've seen this so many times. We're just being force-fed. Another Sheamus and Orton feud. So it's yeah. There's really nothing else to say about it other than it was just a pathetic excuse. It was a waste of a match, and there's just nothing really going with it. And it's it's boring. And that was one of the downfalls of SummerSlam was something like this. Just get it over with. It's gone on too long, and we're just sick of it. Yeah, absolutely. The McMahons is the correct answer. Vince and Shane McMahon, great job. 
Next question. Who did Kurt Angle defeat at SummerSlam 2005? Who did Kurt Angle defeat at SummerSlam 2005? Next, we have the Arrows defeating the Cosmic Kings. Um, you know, I, to be honest with you, I was impressed with Stephen Amell. I, I think that uh, he was really serious about this opportunity, and I, I appreciate that. I appreciate, you know, a celebrity being a mark for wrestling, just like Jon Stewart is. And, I, you know, I, I don't have any negatives to say about Stephen Amell. I could, uh, you could show, like, it shows that you could see that he appreciated his opportunity, and you could show that, you, you could tell that he was really serious about it, and he trained, and, you know, he it seems like he really spent a lot of time knowing the cadence and the timing and the bumps. I appreciate that. It's, the funny thing about it is, you know, we we're, we saw ZZ and Josh, which, you know, they were training for two months, and, you know, to be honest with you, although he didn't take a lot of bumps, it seemed like Amel was crispier than Josh and and ZZ, was, and that was pretty funny. Uh, the dive off of the ropes was, uh, you know, safe, so to speak, you know, because you had Stardust and uh, Barrett there to make it safe for him. Uh, the, the, the counter from uh, the atomic drop was uh was good so you know i it was it wasn't very bad for a male i must be honest and it seems like uh you know this might be an option for him if he decides to to retire from acting although you know it'll be a whole lot less money for him now than acting so i don't think it's going to happen but you know if he wants to come back every now and then he's actually one of those celebrities that wouldn't mind coming back um as opposed to when Kevin Federline was feuding with John Cena that was one of the biggest celebrity eyesores I've ever experienced in my life but Stephen Amell on the other hand it, it wasn't too bad yeah I'll give him that much you know I mean, he was believable and uh, we bring up so many celebrities in the past that tried to do it and it just a lot of times it didn't work and Stephen Amell I'll give him that much and uh you brought up the Kevin Federline I almost forgot about that it's hilarious and hysterical yeah, I remember back in the day, you had Dennis Rodman, you know, that was another bust, and yeah, Arquette. <laughs> Carl Malone. Carl Malone. Uh, Jay Leno. <laughs> give me a break. I mean, again, if Mr. T at least had the body for it, but, you know, still, he was just kind of a stink. Hey, he made a bit of WrestleMania. That's a Flavor yeah. of the Week topic. We'll, we'll talk about that soon, real soon, about, you know, rating celebrity uh, involvement. Uh in throughout wrestling history and thanks we are wrestling com for reminding me that you know kevin federline beat john cena uh, although i'm not a cena guy at all everybody knows that uh yeah federline beat john cena and federline beat john cena and got the best of them but Rusev and Bray Wyatt and Kevin Owens and Ryback and Dolph Ziggler, none of them can. So how about that? <laughs> that's, that's, that's really unfortunate. Ryback defeating Miz and Big Show. Uh, you know, it's it's. I'm not. People know that I was. I eventually became anti Ryback because I was I was a big Ryback supporter. I was like, you know. 
go Ryback, and then eventually when his his heel turn was so horrible that I was like, man, this guy is just ridiculous. And then when he became face again, I I, I respect him again. I, I got back on the Ryback train as far as being an advocate or you know a supporter of Ryback. But I don't know, man. I, I probably probably the momentum lo- kind of went down a little bit after his injury. But or like I said before, probably the people who he's feuding with, because that I see that the Intercontinental Title is still not something for me to get excited about. It's just not. This this match was okay. It wasn't very good, to be honest with you. And I really, really hope they really spend some time with making the Intercontinental Title relevant. And what the heck? I mean. Here's here's my thing. Why not, you know, just drench goat on a new day? Why not, you know, Xavier Woods is the one who usually uh, is in the uh, in the ringside talking smack and you know uh, playing the trumpet, <laughs> which was very funny. And, but why not? Why not the why not have the new day, you know, go for the Intercontinental Title? And if you want to, if you want a real, real free bird rule, rule, have a have a unique free bird rule. Have Xavier Woods win the the Intercontinental Championship, and have that be defended in the free bird rule as long as, as well as the tag team championships. I mean, that would be that would make the Intercontinental title more relevant to me. If 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 Xavier Woods won. And the New Day are both the Intercontinental and Tag Team Champions. One, that would add a layer to the New Day's push. And two, that would make the suspense of the Intercontinental title better and people looking more forward to pay attention to the Intercontinental title because the New Day are heels, they're boasting that they have the titles, and people are going to want them to lose. And that's that draws money. And so... If if that happened, I'll be much more intrigued to have Xavier Woods feud against Ryback, have him beat Ryback, and have Ryback or someone else chase the title. That would be much more intriguing to me. And that would be a lot more intriguing. That's a good point. I didn't think about that aspect because, I mean, really, Miz doesn't make you an excited person to have the IC championship. You just don't, yeah, the Miz is intercontinental champion. Big deal. The same thing with Big Show. I mean, it's these two just have nothing to bring to the Intercontinental Championship. And Xavier Woods doing that, that makes a lot of sense for the fact that a lot of factions in the past have held multiple belts, and that's what makes them you know, that much stronger and bigger and better. And it makes good for uh, feuds and going in and you know having run-ins and at the end to determine the championship. And it would bring a little aspect back of that kind of nostalgia to where it would actually work really well. And in this case, I mean, there's nothing better you could do with it other than, you know, right back has it, but who are you going to put against them that has any, I mean, maybe, how about Kevin Owens? That would be a good choice, I think. I think, Kevin Owens is, I think Kevin Owens is good, but, you know, I, I, I have that Booker mentality. I just, you know, I just can't get myself away from that Booker, traditionalist Booker mentality. It's like you have to protect your champions. You have to you have to protect your baby faces, and you have to put heat on your heels. I mean, like 
at the end of the, I think even Paul Heyman's even said this before. You know, it's it's still that good guy, bad guy. At the end of the day, it's still the traditionalist mentality. As much as people, you know, as much as Brooklyn want to brand themselves as being smarks and put themselves over more than good matches, at the end of the day, it's still good guy versus bad guy. And no matter who you cheer, it's still good guy versus bad guy. Protect your baby faces, bring give heat to your heels, and protect Ryback. And I don't think that him feuding against Kevin Owens would be a great idea right now uh, because Ryback isn't Ryback doesn't have a strong enough base behind him to go against someone who would out would be out cheered by him uh, a heel that would be out cheered you know uh, than him and that's that's the reason why they're doing uh, I think they're doing a great job with with protecting Roman Reigns. They should have done that from the very beginning. They should have protected Roman Reigns from day 1, but they didn't. And this is what happened. They had to hit the reset button and basically the entire year trying to rebrand Roman Reigns as a legitimate good wrestler and someone people can cheer with you know outside of the Brooklyn crowd. He's got a much more cheers as you saw and the Chicago crowd this year. But you've got to do that with Ryback, too. The Femi Moore is still getting over. He's not getting booed a lot. He's not getting heavily booed. Uh, or he's not even really getting a chorus of boos, as we saw with Roman Reigns. But you still, he, he still isn't strong enough to go against a smarky, cheered heel. If you want to, if you want to build Ryback, you know, understand that people don't like the Miz, people don't like the Big Show, so feuding with them protects Ryback. But he he needs another strong heel that people don't like, like Rusev, that will actually protect Ryback. The New Day, they're heels. You know, they have the New Day sucks chance. People don't like the New Day, so feuding against the New Day will protect Ryback as a wrestler and help him with the Intercontinental Championship. So I think it, I think that's the way to, to still, you still got to protect your baby faces, man. That's I've always been like that as far as just traditional booking. You just can't, you, you, you can't just, if, if, if you want to invest in a baby face, you have to in, fully invest in them. Make sure you protect them. Next we have Reigns and Ambrose against Wyatt and Harper. Uh, very uneventful, very lackluster ending. I was expecting something to happen. Of course, we got that on Monday. But Monday was so just uh, oh, such an overload of stuff happening throughout the three hours. I think you could have taken one of those out and put it into Sunday to make Sunday memorable. And I think if you brought... Uh, uh, Braun uh, uh, Strowman into Sunday, that would have been a better idea than Monday because Monday was, Monday was exciting to watch, but it was a bit crowded with stuff. And I think if you would have brought that into Sunday rather than Monday, people would have been more intrigued to see, you know, the wide family reigns feud. And, I, and I've said that, a culmination of a feud they win, and then you start another feud with bringing another person in, you know, the, the Reigns and Wyatt thing. And I, I'm cool with the, that third member. It looks like he got a lot more. I was watching some stuff about him. I, I wasn't too familiar with him. 
Um, it looks like he's a lot more athletic than Eric Rowan, sadly. Uh, I like the black sheep thing, you know, just kind of a uh, a total uh, antithesis, so to speak, of Eric Rowan. I like the addition, and we'll talk about that a little bit more on Raw, uh, about Raw. But I surely think they should have say they should have bumped that up to Sunday just to give us some something about this tag team match. It wasn't a bad tag team match at all, but it was just a little bit lackluster. It was lackluster. I mean, that's a little bit about it. It was a boring match, and yeah, why didn't they bring that out early? I mean, that they made Monday Night Raw better than SummerSlam. It was why would you do that? I just. The fans don't deserve that. Especially ones that have the we buy the network for the pay per views. And the pay per views are great, but this one, I mean, we can watch the, a better evening of wrestling on Monday night raw than we did on the four hour pay per view that we pay ten ninety nine a month for and all that good stuff. Which nothing against the network, love it. However, it was just such why is this happening and why would <laughs> don't make Monday Night Raw better because your SummerSlam was Joke, but yes, Black Sheep. I like that too. And um, it was intriguing. He's got a lot of hair, and uh, he fits in well. We'll see what happens with it. But the Black Sheep thing—that was a good added twist to it. Yeah. Meme of the night: uh, the Undertaker with the Bailey entrance. That's uh, that is very funny. <laughs> um. So we have Seth Rollins. Next question, uh, trivia question is, what type of match did Shawn Michaels and Triple H have at SummerSlam 2002? What type of match did Shawn Michaels and Triple H have at SummerSlam 2002? I think we actually have enough. We have so many questions. I wrote so many SummerSlam trivia questions. I think we'll actually do SummerSlam next week, too, after the interview. SummerSlam questions. So get your SummerSlam knowledge in from this week to next week. It seems like you guys are already doing a fantastic job getting the answers right and keep up the momentum. Great job. Rollins defeating John Cena. Uh, I, I was. It was not a clean finish, but I was expecting something to be done. I was expecting a shameless cash-in which we still haven't gotten. Uh, and I, I got a theory that we'll talk about here in a little bit with uh, Raw. Uh, but, you know, I, Rollins being U.S. champ and world champ, I don't think he was – I don't think his world championship feud has been strong enough. But, you know, I will say this. I do respect the fact that they are kind of branching out of Rollins, Cena, I, but their feud was short, though. But it seems like, from especially what we saw on Raw, uh, we won't get a another. You know, John Cena won't get another opportunity, which makes sense because he wasn't champ, so he lost against the champ. So it makes sense. If anything, he would get his U.S. title rematch, which will probably Rollins will probably pull double duty at Night uh, of Champions, which would be slightly interesting to see. Um. But, you know, my thing is this. I understand that he made – he had a decent reasoning of why he did it on Raw. I mean, it makes sense of why he did it. But it's like, man, we're expecting so many type of – we're expecting potentially this guy to interfere or this guy to interfere, and who do we get? John 
Stewart. And I was just so disappointed in what I saw that in ending. And it wasn't a bad match at all. Interesting gear by Seth Rollins. Nice little SummerSlam twist to his gear. I was cool with that. You know, nice, nice spots. Uh, this is probably the closest to Tyler Black that we've seen from from Seth Rollins. He, you know, they botched a few things, and that that springboard stunner was painful to watch. Even even Steve Austin tweeted about something. He, he, he tweeted about it. He said springboard stunner equals zero effect. So I, you know, even Austin is saying something about it, uh, and he's a senior supporter, but. You know, not a bad match at all, uh, and, but the ending was, was just very questionable. Yeah, what was with those pants? I even, that was the first thing I noticed. So they had some kind of disco inferno type of <laughs> ring gear he was wearing that night. It was horrible. I mean, it was disgusting. I hope he never wears it again. Uh, stuff wasn't bad. I did notice a few botches, and that's just, those guys are better than that. It was very hard to see. Stewart running in. I mean, you only saw the guy a couple times that night. And then he runs in to do that, and we find out he did it in honor of Ric Flair on Monday night. And I don't know. John Stewart should have just stayed backstage maybe and done interviews or even make announcements in the middle of the ring, but don't get involved like that. And you can't believe that John Stewart hitting Cena with the chair is going to make Cena go down. So it was just kind of a silly thing to throw in. And again, it was just unquestioned. And now we don't have a Cena... United States Open Challenge anymore, so they got to find something on Raw to replace that because that was honestly one of the best moments of Raw in the past few months. Well, we'll see what goes on yeah. with that, and we'll uh, see. Hopefully, hopefully we never see Rollins in those pants again. <laughs> I don't think the pants was that bad. It was different. It was, you know, what's so funny? It was, it was really weird to me because I was seeing glimpses of Randy Savage. When he put when he had those pants on and he's getting the blonde away, they had a little bit of Randy Savage type of resemblance toward him a couple of times, and it was very eerie. Um, Randy Savage definitely wasn't that uh, af- wasn't that much of a of a just uh, relentless <laughs> high flyer, you know, type of of wrestler. He did have a high-flying finisher, but he was more uh, ground and pound outside of uh, the uh, elbow drop and the uh, um, the double axe handle outside the ring that he used to do. Uh, PCB defeating Bellis and Team Bad. Yeah, uh, this the Divas Revolution is losing steam by the week. I mean, we saw that on Raw too. With the Miz, uh, Miz TV, it was it was a very awkward segment, and the PC, PCB was heelish a little bit, and it just didn't make sense them losing to Team Bell on Raw, and you know, I don't. There, there's there's rumors flying around, and please, from the Pancakes and Power Slam show, this is not confirmed at all. Make make that to be very sure. Uh, but there is rumors flying around that Cena is lobbying Nikki Bella's long. The the reason why Nikki Bella has her long Divas Championship reign is that Cena has been lobbying for her to keep the title. 
because there's been rumors that Charlotte was supposed to have the championship um, almost immediately after she got called up, which I've said definitely would have been a good idea. But Cena was lobbying for Nikki to keep it and wants her to break AJ's streak. Again, please take those as from from the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Is not confirming that as many people and sources that I talk to, I have not got that confirmed at all. So please consider please consider that as a rumor. However, I don't. It it wouldn't be difficult to if it was confirmed tonight. It was it wouldn't be a surprise to me. That that's that's I will say that, and uh, I just. This like I said, this Divas Revolution is losing steam to me, unfortunately. Oh, Divas Revolution! Yeah, I mean, when the Divas look like they're going to do something great, it turns into what we had the last couple nights. So. I've lost steam with them. I'm, yeah, doggone it! It is okay. And, and the thing with John Cena, if he's lobbying for that, if anybody says that or wants to say where they got that rumor from, just say Ryan Dupla or something. And uh, don't don't associate it with Chris and myself. So uh, no, no, can can you can't you can't throw that on my boy Ryan because <laughs> he's he's a staff member of the Pancakes and Power Slam show. So it is not that rumor is not affiliated with with Pancakes and Power Slams or Cray Wrestling at all. And and for real wrestling, they you know they said that uh, my, my my family over there said that uh, they they've heard the same thing. Uh, but it's not confirmed. Yeah. So yeah, it just it's just reports and rumors, but uh, it definitely wouldn't uh, wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Kevin Owens defeating Cesaro. I was expecting this to happen since Owens lost at uh, at Takeover. However, I don't see. I really don't see any type of payoff to this to this feud. I I, I don't see it. Continuing, what was going to happen at the next Owen Cesaro two? I, I just I don't see the point of having this feud go further. I, it would make sense if they actually tried to put them in some type of title fader four way or something. I, it it would make sense if why, why don't we do a fatal four way at at for the Intercontinental title Owen Cesaro. Uh, Ryback and Miz at at uh, at Night of Champions because Owens and Cesaro they it just wouldn't make sense for them to have another singles match for no title at Night of Champions and then Miz and Ryback or Big Show and Ryback just does not intrigue me whatsoever. Plus they did the whole beat up Big Show thing so they might they might just write him off uh, on Raw. So there's your four-way. Have Owens and Cesaro be inter- be uh, involved in in the Intercontinental Title match, which it seems like they were at once involved in the U.S. Title picture, which it seems like they were going to eventually do that. But you know, bring bring them over to the Intercontinental Title picture. Have you know Owens, Cesaro, Ryback, and Miz and not of champions. And that would make the most sense of what we see that. And but uh, I mean that. Brings up a great point. I mean, that's four superstars you can throw in a match and make the match worthwhile, make it, you know, be interesting, something you want to see. This is not a losing plane like that. It's like he's almost losing steam again. Yeah. And how many times are you going to do that to the guy? But, uh, I mean, Fatal Four would be absolutely marvelous. 
even if they do it for the U.S. championship, somehow, whatever goes down, but I mean, they could really bring, they could draw a good match, so they'd make a great match and just have something, some stipulation in the line that U.S. title, intercontinental title, would be great for both belts. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, unsanctioned street fight is the correct answer. Great job. Uh, next question. Who did DX defeat at SummerSlam 2009? Who did DX defeat at uh, SummerSlam 2009? Tiger versus Lesnar, real quick. Um, it was a pain to watch. I'm going to be honest with you. It just, uh, he was, Taker looked gassed probably 10 seconds in the match. The, you know, he, he got concussed at WrestleMania 30. And him taking those suplexes, which was, you know, Lesnar did the best to haul up uh, Undertaker <laughs> as much as he can. You know, the suplexes, a couple of them were, were impressive because he actually rolled over. He actually rolled with the suplex. But uh, it, it was just, it was painful to watch. You know, it's, it's one of them things that... <sighs> You know, Taker, you don't you don't want to humanize an anomaly. That, I mean, and I feel the same way with Sting. You do not ever. I mean, wrestling is. It's like you you don't want to. You don't want to Clark Kent Superman. You don't want to Bruce Lee Batman. You just don't want to. You don't want to do those things. You you want to suspend reality. You know, there's so many people who still like Marvel and DC comics, and they they respect. You know, uh, they, they're they're real big into comics. I love DC and Marvel movies. You know, and it's still this the suspending reality. He's the superhero. He's the anomaly. All those superheroes, they're the anomaly. You don't want to humanize an anomaly. You don't want to humanize The Undertaker. You don't want to humanize Sting. Those are two of the only really anomalies that we have in pro wrestling today because Kane was that, but he hasn't been that for a long time. You don't want to humanize either one of those, either one of them. It, it just It's like it's a big letdown when you try to humanize the anomalies of Sting and The Undertaker especially The Undertaker. And we're starting to get that humanizing feel with The Undertaker that's just painful and so sad to watch. It wasn't a horrible match. It definitely was a better match than WrestleMania 30. But it just, it was not very good. Taker collapsed. You know, there was, you know, video. I saw the video of Taker collapsing uh, right by the curtains going to backstage and it's like man it's it's really tough to see a, to the under, an undertaker match now and when he did the, the the leg drop you know on the apron he immediately put his hands on his hips and me as a personal trainer i know and someone who works out all the time i know when people do that they're they're gassed they're 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 tired uh when when they do that and when he did that he immediately put his hands on his hips so he was gassed throughout the entire match, and it was it was really really tough to watch. And I mean, I, thirty-two WrestleMania thirty-two is in Texas. It's in it's in Arlington, just about you know Taker's hometown. At least it's his home state. This is I mean, it's WrestleMania thirty-two. 
without a doubt, should be the Undertaker's last match, with, with, without question. Yeah, without question, and as it looked bad, and the finish was stupid. I, I hated everything about the finish. It was, that never happened. It was supposed to happen between Brock Lesnar and or, uh, Undertaker. It, it was dumb. I didn't like the way it ended, and just Undertaker looked bad. I agree. I mean, make that his final match. Maybe a Sting Undertaker retirement match or something, but maybe just both of them retire after that and be done with it. Yeah, something. <laughs> It's a double pin or something like that, and uh, yeah, I think I said Bruce Lee, not the not the karate <laughs> actor Bruce Lee, Bruce Wayne. Thank you, Bruce Wayne. Uh, we don't want to see Bruce Wayne and Bat Batman at all. So, thank you very much on that. But you get the point. Just we we need we need to keep that anomaly. We need to separate the two, um, the the human and the superhero, and. We're we're starting to you know, uh, it's Batman is starting to slowly unveil his mask to to, to unveil himself as as Bruce Wayne, and, and we don't want to see that. That would be a, a total letdown. All right, so real quick with Raw, we'll talk about some highlights on Raw. Uh, the the results was Heyman with Lesnar cuts an in ring promo, challenges the Undertaker to a match on Raw. Out comes Bo Dallas, which was incredibly funny. Lesnar suplexed him multiple times. New Day defeats Lucha Dragons. The Dudley Boys return after 10 years and takes out the New Day. What a moment. Even as a New Day fan, even as a New Day mark, what a moment. Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose defeats Ray White and Lou Harper. That's when we saw uh, uh, Braun Strowman come out and reveal himself. No member, newest member of the Wyatt family. PCB on Miss TV, weird spot interrupted by Team Bella. So that causes a six-man, six-woman match between the, the the six, the two teams, which was won by uh, Team Bella. Baird and Stardust come out for a tag team match, but Stardust gets attacks. He attacks Baird, which is weird. But I, I end up seeing that. Uh, they're riding Barrett off and uh, may eventually come back to the Bad News Barrett, which makes sense, and he's filming a movie, too. He's about to film a movie, so I, I suppose that's a good way to ride him off. But we don't really see – we we don't want to see Barrett as a baby face, though. So it doesn't really make sense. I don't want to see a baby face Barrett versus Stardust feud. I just, it, just, it was a really weird way they did that. Uh, and Neville comes out, of course. John Stewart in ring promo. We talked about that as far as the flair thing. Cena comes out and AAs him eventually. Orton, Cesaro, Ziggler, and Ryback defeats Sheamus, Big Show, Owens, and Rusev. Show gets attacked by Owens and Rusev, and then Owens, Cesaro, um, and Ziggler and Ryback uh, post match. Um, he gets lifted up uh, into an RKO. And the authority presentation of the Seth Rollins statue and up and the curtain, the the, the, the black curtain uh, lifts up and good old Stinger is in there sweating because of uh, I heard the, the Brooklyn, um, I heard by some attendees that the Brooklyn um, building was uh, was hot. And we saw it because uh, my boy Sting uh, was having uh, his, his his 
paint was peeling off because it was hot and sweating underneath that curtain. But uh, man, he looked phenomenal, and you know he's been. There's been reports of, about him getting in 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 in, in great shape, and I saw Sting in TNA. Of course, he's my all-time favorite wrestler, and I've watched. Uh, I've been following Sting for 30 years. Over well, since he since he started, especially his days in the NWA in the late 80s. And he's in great shape. As, was, as someone who turns 57 in March, he looked awesome. He was fast. He was quick. The Scorpion, he, he had some height on the, uh, on the Stinger Splash. I was so impressed. It's just that uh, I, I, was so, I was so upset to see Sting underneath there. It, how how the 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 promo was going and and how everything was going it just I was ex- it got to the point where I was like oh I was hesitantly expecting Sting and when he came I had a blank stare when when he, when the curtain went up and it was him I had a blank stare because I was like no why in the world would you bring Sting in he lost to Triple H. He's gonna put Rollins over. Why even bring him in to bring to put Rollins over? It makes absolutely no sense. But I slept on it. I woke up on Monday. Just I, mean, I woke up on Tuesday this morning and thought about it. Went over a little bit in my head. Slept on it, and I said, "Hmm. So maybe, maybe in Vincent Kennedy McMahon's cold black heart." He will give Sting, even if it's a transitional championship, Sting's going to be in the Hall of Fame, maybe, even even though he's 56 years old, maybe he will give Sting a championship run, even if it's for 10 minutes, even if, if it's for a day and he gets loses the, the next Raw or the next pay-per-view. It's going to be short, but maybe he gives him a championship run. Maybe he allows Sting to win the title, and then if it's the same day or the next day, he gets a cash-in by Sheamus. So maybe that happens. You know, it's that's that's what I'm going to hold on to. I it's I, I it just bothers me that I Sting and and Seth Rollins is happening because I don't see Sting going over. But as a Sting fan, I'm holding. I have to hold on to something, and that's what I'll hold on to. And even if it's for a moment, I will mark out in that five minutes that Sting is champ. That's all it takes for me because at least Sting can say, along with Ric Flair, uh, uh, we are the only two people who have been NWA, WCW and WWE World Heavyweight Champion. So I can hold on to that. Other than that, the Dudley's return was absolutely amazing. It was it was um, uh, it was epic. And it's so funny because I talked to Devon uh a few weeks ago. He was definitely interested in, in interviewing and he was and we were was getting a tentative date to, uh, set up, but he was saying that he's got some things coming up. And so he was kind of teasing it. But I, I would have never imagined he, you know, that there, 
was even thoughts of bringing him back and him as the Dullies back, but uh, it was it was very interesting. He was, you know, we talked on the phone. He's a good, cool guy, good conversation, and he was definitely interested in having a formal interview. But uh, you know, it was, he was kind of teasing it, so it was really cool to 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 hear that and talk on the phone and just see, you know, the Dudleys come back after ten years. It was it was definitely a, a great sight to see. It was great. I'm not the biggest Sting guy, you know that, but I want him to be have a championship run. I mean, because I love wrestling that much. I know how important Sting is to the wrestling business and wrestling history and war. So it's. That's the first thing I thought when I saw Sting. It's like, there's no way Sting's going to lose Seth Rollins. You cannot have that. The only reason to bring Sting back in this atmosphere is to give him the championship. That's going to make Triple H go nuts. The authority's going to be in full blast and mode going into Survivor Series and a Royal Rumble, whatever it might be. But I mean, that would be the smartest thing for the WWE to do is give Sting the title. For, like you said, for however long that they want to do it, I don't want him to be overused, but to give him the title would just be an absolute amazing miracle. So that's absolutely 100%. That's what they have to do to make this thing work. Oh, absolutely. All right, Flavor of the Week time. It is now time for the Flavor of the Week. Last week we talked about uh, the 14 Intercontinental Championship changes in SummerSlam uh, within 28 SummerSlams, including this one, including the previous one uh, last Sunday. There have only been five, including the previous Sunday, only five tag team title changes, WWE tag team title changes, WCW title change in 2001. Five tag team title changes. Before we talk about this real quick, one more trivia question. What was the main event of SummerSlam 2001? Speaking of 2001, what was the main event of SummerSlam 2001? All right, Derek, there's been five title changes, and they have been, in 1990, the Hart Foundation defeated Demolition in two out of three falls. 91. Legion of Doom defeated Nasty Boys. Seven years later, in 98, New Age Outlaws defeated Mankind in a handicap match. A year later, Undertaker and Big Show defeated X-Pac and Kane. That's when the Undertaker and Big Show was called the Unholy Alliance. And then 16 years later, the New Day defeated primetime players, Lucha Dragons, and Lost Metadoids. Of those only five tag team title changes, which one is the most memorable to you, Derek? The most memorable to me would be the Legion of Doom and against the uh, Nasty Boys. Uh, For the fact, we've mentioned last week that 1991 SummerSlam was my favorite, most memorable. But at the time, Legion of Doom was still fairly new in uh, WWE. And uh, defeating the Nasty Boys, you know, they had Mouth and South Jimmy Hart, and he came out in his uh, little motorcycle helmet and his uh, little megaphone. Catch itself was good. I mean, I'd never discredit the Nasty Boys and say that they weren't a good tag team. I mean, they're very colorful characters. But the Legion and Doom came in, almost pretty much dominated that match, and just really made it their own. That was a 
the turning point, the Legion of Doom was here in the WWE, and I'm pretty excited about that match. And again, earlier, the year before, with the you know the Hart Foundation, I mean, that was just another. It was a more of a peak and a good time in a SummerSlam history to you know, kickstart the SummerSlam and make it what we, what it is today. As far as tag team goes, with SummerSlam, not really that much history. You just mentioned, you know, the five matches that they've had where the titles have changed hands. But honestly, just the Legion of Doom coming into the WWE, defeating the Nasty Boys, it was a kind of a turning point in their WWE career. And that's my memorable moment, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Uh, Rock and Booker T is the correct answer. 2001 main event for the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. The two of three falls match was was great to me, um, just because our foundation and demolition was a great feud at the time. Demolition was so dominant. Actually, toward ninety, they were not. They were still dominant in ninety. They started to to phase out, you know, a little bit after that, but. Um, Hard Foundation and, and Demolition was was awesome. Two out of three falls, but I agree. The most memorable one for me was Legion of Doom versus Nasty Boys, only because I am a huge Legion of Doom mark. They're my all-time favorite tag team, and I remember watching it back in '91, and I marked out when the Legion of Doom won the tag team championships because the Legion of Doom is the best tag team of all time. Not the best wrestling tag team, not the best not the best technical tag team, but Road Warriors, LOD all day. I'm a huge, huge fan of the Legion of Doom. And I wrote an article probably a year ago, maybe even longer, uh, on the Bleach Report, about the best promo cutters of all time. And I put Road Warrior Hawk as a top ten promo cutter of all time. There was something, and we talked about this uh, when I interviewed Eli Drake um, this year. Uh, just, just him as a promo cutter to me is just absolutely amazing. I was so, in, I was so invested and what Road Warrior Hawk had to say, because, you know, Animal would scream and be very intense with his, with his promos, and then he would say three words, tell him, Hawk! And then Hawk, well! You know, I, I absolutely loved Road Warrior Hawk promos. And I was, I was an even bigger Animal fan for some reason. I was the LOD, I was a bigger Animal fan, but I was definitely a bigger... Hawk promo fan, absolutely loved promos from from Road Warrior Hawk, and he would just and I've said this before, he would just say random stories. It was just it was it was absolutely funny. Uh, it, it, he would just tell random story. Well, I was in Chicago the other day, and you know, it was just it was just awesome to experience. Warrior Hawk promo, so it was great. Fantastic show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for your support again. As always, we're so, you know, this 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 show reaches tens of thousands of people a week, and every single one of you that invests your time and listens to this show through live, 
through uh, com, through the other streams that uh, it's on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes. We are we are indebted to thank you every single week. It doesn't matter if if hundred thousand people start watching, start listening to the show, which eventually it will soon, very soon. But we just thank you. We just thank you all. We're we're so just uh, humbled by your support. Hundred and seventy eight shows and counting, and you all are fantastic. Awesome weekend of wrestling. Looking forward to next weekend. Uh, next next week of wrestling. Until then, enjoy it. Enjoy your week of wrestling. Day loves Ian and Elijah, and you all have a fantastic night. And we will we will talk soon. Thanks so much. Have a good night. Bye bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.